Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. everybody welcome back to another episode of Brian and Discs in the studio this evening we've got Mr Holland who has given over two decades to Bryanston he's been here for 21 years and is actually coming up to his retirement this um the end of this term oh no <laughs> but Mr Holland has um done so much for this school he's been involved with running he's been involved he's been involved in bands and music and also obviously the classic department which he has also been head of department and um tell us more about your french horn passion mr holland because i know this is a huge part of your life and you want to pursue this after brinston it's a sort of goal of yours to be back in a band one day Uh, well thank you yes yes hello everyone um well (laughs) Yes, French horn is something I I started when I was, I guess I was about 10, actually. Um, And um, I don't know why, but I I just thought it was a a beautiful sounding instrument. Um, And it just so happened that I had a couple of very good teachers and through school, I absolutely loved it. And it was was really the thing I did most, apart from obviously a bit of work here and there and um, quite a lot of running. But um, I actually played in hundreds of different... um, groups I guess over my school time um, and absolutely loved that and it became a sort of centre of, of social life and um, and then also going off on trips abroad with with music actually um, I was thinking actually the first the first trip abroad I did was actually as a D um, and we went to Vienna and I was uh, singing and uh, playing playing in brass fanfares in these most beautiful churches in Vienna so Yes, yeah, so wow. it does go back quite a long way. Gosh, the opportunities. <clears throat> but, I mean, it wasn't your parents that were sort of drilling it down your throat to go to music lessons, or was this a sort of self, um, self-inner self drive to do this? Because it's a huge dedication at the age of 10 to sort of slave away doing the French horn practice every day. And or no, well, But did they influence you going into... Well, home? yes, actually, um, I think without parents, they're encouraging and... Um, and leading the way in a sense, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have done nearly as much. But um, I, I happen to be lucky enough, my, my parents both love music and uh, my father particularly is an amateur musician who plays umpteen instruments, sax and piano and, uh, nice. uh, and clarinet and accordion. Uh, and, um, and he used to drag his children um, to uh, play in the local village hall, music hall, um, or he'd make a quintet and get us to play together. Um, which was great most of the time, uh, but uh, it also was an impetus to to practice and become better at playing together. And uh, and I think through him, I, I realised what fun there was to be had from playing with other people in groups and uh, uh, and enjoying music, lots of different types of music as well. And your first track is and the iconic Mo- Mozart Horn Concerto, and obviously that is for any. Uh, player of the French horn an aspiration to play and I wonder have you played uh have you play, played this piece in front of an audience I have yeah um I've played it um many times I think uh but um 
I would probably, if you asked me to play it right now, I'd probably have to uh, go away and practice for a couple of weeks because it is, it's, it's quite demanding, it's quite quick, it's quite, quite perky. Um, and it, um, I think I, I chose it really because it's, it's a very famous piece. And I think some of you might, rec might recognise it, in fact. Um, uh, it was also played in assembly only last year by uh, Tenny, if you remember Tenny, um, who is here, um, and a uh, brilliant horn player. Um, so you might recognise it, and it's, it, it demonstrates, I think, what's beautiful about the horn. It's got a lovely, clear tone. It's, it's a lively instrument. Um, can be really uh, beautiful and evocative and moving. Um, but uh, in this particular one, it's, it's just quite lively and fun, as if you are out on a hunt, um, riding a horse, probably. about going to Vienna on your first trip as a D was that quite overwhelming as a young it's, musician well I, I think it certainly was because it was um, uh, some very impressive buildings um, huge churches and, and you'd often be up on the, the balcony around the top of the dome and uh, and be playing with a, a group of other brass instruments while the, the choirs various different choirs were singing in different places in the building so it was it was quite quite um, Quite a, just a logistic um, uh, operation, but, but great fun. And uh, I don't remember it terribly well, but I, I guess we did a reasonably good, reasonably good job and uh, we certainly weren't booed off anyway. So. Were you touring different, you touring around? Yes, I mean, that, that was, um, as I say, a, a school visit to Vienna and we, we saw a few places around Vienna, but mostly performed in two or three churches. Oh. And then after school, I mean, did you continue um, with with the French horn and at university and and absolutely yes um i think on on occasion i was sort of playing a, a concert virtually every week which was just um pure joy really um so as well as doing lots of work i hasten to add um and uh, a bit of running here and there um i certainly did a lot of playing and uh, and the thing about a university setup is that you've got lots of young people all playing different instruments and uh, wanting to try out different pieces or whatever. So we had lots of different um, um, orchestras that called you up to play here and there at quite short notice. So it's, it's just an exciting time of, of trying new stuff out. And uh, we were just saying that this, the, the beginning of this uh, track was the slow movement, but now are we in the, you'll know one, well, are we in the faster movement? Uh, we, we haven't quite got to the faster oh. movement yet, I'm afraid. So that, that lived bit on the horseback I was talking about, I'm afraid we haven't quite reached. We're still, we're still sort of uh, in a romantic slow movement. Oh, right. There's a massively long left of the song, so you never know, he might have accidentally got the wrong one, <laughs> which is a shame 
but it's just one of those things which happens on live radio, isn't it? But yeah, no, but it's, it's a, that, that is a, a beautiful piece of the, uh, the slow movement you've got there. Well, we get the, we get the picture of a young, young Mr. Holland sort of playing a French horn in the middle of a Vienna sort of city scene. Um, so that's great. But tell us more. I mean, your, so your French horn has obviously been a huge part, passion of your life, but classics has been an underlying thread that you've pursued um, throughout. Yeah. And and you've you've been passionate enough to teach other people about it, which you have to be fully fully committed, I think, to pass on your knowledge to someone to younger people. But why? How how did that passion evolve? What what sort of inspired you to go well, into classics? I think probably as with lots of teachers, it's it's having had some inspiring teachers themselves, and um, I certainly did at, uh, at my school in Kent, um, where we had some really characterful and to be honest quite eccentric teachers uh, and we spend a lot of time laughing as a, as a small classical sixth um, we made good friends with each other and we um, we just enjoyed the the stimulation of having those those interesting teachers um, looking after us um, and I guess that with classics it can come alive you can make the stories the ancient myths and the mythology and the everything come alive as a sort of theater in a in a classroom, do you is that something that you aspire to do to your students now? Well, yes. I mean, I'm afraid uh, some of them would say that I don't always achieve that. But uh, but in theory, um, classics is such a, a broad and interesting um, sort of canvas of, of um, different subjects because it has the art and it has the the, the history and um, the literature which we spend a lot of time doing, but also um, the, the sheer language where you're trying to understand. Um, how the how the language works and fits together. Um, so yes, I ideally I would get some of that across, or the excitement of some of that across, and I do sometimes. Perhaps no, you do. Uh, I've heard but, I've heard uh, lots from. I'm not a, I'm not in the classic department, but I've heard lots of my friends who do uh, rave about you, Miss Holland. So well, that's that's perhaps <laughs> overstating it, but thank you. But um, but certainly the, the classics to me has always been an exciting field, and uh, and I love being um, a student. Um, uh, my time at, at Oxford, and I, um, and actually coming to the end of that, I, I thought, well, what, what would I want to do apart from continue uh, in classics in some form? Um, so, it was quite a, a simple step in a way to come into teaching, particularly when you also think of all the other things that a boarding school can can give you in terms of uh, helping with some sport, and um, in, in my case, doing a bit of music. Um, I haven't done a lot of music. All through the time here, because it's it's a busy place and you don't always have time for it. But yeah, uh, uh, but it's it's wonderful to then go to um, uh, concerts and uh, and actually I've been blessed with some fantastic tutorial pupils who've been um, stunning musicians and who who it's been an absolute pleasure to to follow their uh, progress and listen to them performing um, over the years. Um, that's been a, a real privilege actually as a as a tutor here. Uh, and so now tell us about your your next track which is a bit of dire straits you you said you were listening to this when you were working at a at a youth club is that right well that's right um straight after uh, studying classics i um before i actually got the teaching job that i started at uh, which is at king's canterbury in in, uh, in kent um i was actually working in a youth club uh in Liverpool, in fact, and it's uh, quite um, quite near Everton Football Club. Um, nice. Uh, so some of you might be might appreciate that. And um, it was um, the most extraordinary new experience for me in that I had never been to Liverpool before. I'd, I'd uh, 
um, I'd not um, sort of met that um, that sort of um, um, culture, which is, I think is what you would have to call it. Um, it's a most um, vibrant city, um, and uh, the the people are incredibly characterful, um, as you might know. They're known as scousers, um, and they, yep. <laughs> they, um, they particularly their humour is absolutely unrelentingly um, <laughs> cheerful and and actually at times quite um, quite brutal. Um, so you can imagine um, me coming in um, for some reason they they ribbed me a lot for sounding like Prince Charles uh, <laughs> uh, whether that's true or not with the same uh, name and, I can't say I've noticed that <laughs> and uh, just the, the sheer um, fun that they, they generated in this youth club was, was amazing and um, because uh, this was 1985 and uh, Dire Straits was producing their album Brothers in Arms uh, that was played incessantly so that I forever associate uh, any of that uh, that album with um, being in Liverpool and the fun we had in, in that youth club. Um, so um, this is uh, Why Worry was the track I was quite keen to... Yes, absolutely, and here it is. working at the youth club you, you were saying for anyone that doesn't know what a youth club is it's a community uh, it's a community sort of environment where I don't know did you tell us stuff well, I, don't, um, I don't know it, it was a, a purpose built place actually um, it's called Shrewsbury House it was actually connected with Shrewsbury School actually uh, originally I think founded from Shrewsbury and they supported it as a, as a venture and the idea is it, it gave a, um, a very good um, sort of sports hall and um, facility five side football um huge uh, snooker tables um, for for local youngsters to enjoy and, and come in in the evenings and, and to, to some extent um, uh, keep them off the streets and keep them keep them um, sort of occupied in a, in a wholesome and, and happy way and that's and so I was one of a number of seven or so helpers who who just were around um, uh, helping activities and um, sort of talking to the the, um, the guys coming in. Um, and it was it, it was it fulfilled a fantastic need in the in the community, um, and uh, and still is there indeed, um, um, doing fantastic work. I imagine that's a terribly rewarding job, um, just fu- full of kind of like you, you get to see an impact that you're making every single day uh, with that kind of work. Well, yeah, yes, and it's it's very humbling in a way because you you see people um, who um, are developing and uh, growing in confidence and um, and quite a lot of what we did was um, try to encourage them to um, 
to sort of believe in themselves a bit more and, and, yeah. and perhaps apply for a job there or to um, uh, to get some training in another place or wherever. Um, so we were, we were basically trying to um, be facilitated, I guess, yeah. um, which is pretty much, I suppose, what a teacher is also doing, of course. So, yeah, um, <laughs> natural but, progression. But, yeah, so, um, but it was a, it was a very um, uh, sort of vibrant place to be. Um, um, also, one of my big memories was going for the first time to a, um, a, f- a football match. You, you might be surprised I hadn't been to a football match before, but I hadn't, age 18. Um, sorry, no, age, um, age 22, probably. Um, but so, um, um, Goodison Park, where Everton plays, uh, yeah. was uh, an amazing experience. And um, uh, those of you who, who watched them do crisp adverts, um, Gary Lineker was playing at that time, in 1985. Um, and, uh, and the... The, the sort of um, passion and fury that, that got expressed on the because in those days there were terraces that you stood on with with um, all the spectators and uh, yeah and uh, the the passion you heard there the language was uh, quite quite extraordinary um, <laughs> so yes that was an experience and a half did you ever go and see a game at Liverpool FC <clears throat> well the the, uh, the two of course are, are, are massive rivals yes. so um, so you had to keep quite quiet if you lived, even if you lived in Everton, actually. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, there were occasions when I got into difficulties with uh, with people mistaking me for the wrong the wrong side. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I won't go into that. You <laughs> see, so it can be a tricky situation, especially being Charles from 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 the from, south. From the south, yes. <laughs> um, so tell us more about your time at Oxford. You got involved with the running there, the music, and obviously the classics. And you were running in for the Blues in on Ifley Road in the 400 metres. Well, yes. I mean, I, I don't want to make a big thing of this. I, I did. I did do quite a lot of running, and um, uh, but I wasn't the greatest of 400 metre runners. But I was just good enough to get into the relay because, of course, they needed four four 400 runners for that, and uh, which is a fantastic event actually. Uh, and I, I have enjoyed watching that here um, when we do our. Well, I'm not sure we'll do it this year, but we. We have in the past done our, our relays day um, on Sports Day, or the day before Sports Day. Um, the 4x400 is perhaps one of the more exciting races, I think, because mm. it, you can watch it develop and, and the, um, um, the sort of the power play between each of the, um, the four runners is, is, is good to watch. Um, so, yes, it was, it was great fun to be part of that. <clears throat> um, in retrospect, I also discovered that um, one um, Duncan Fowler Watt was uh, on the opposing side on one of those occasions. Really? Where, um, <laughs> and this must have been about uh, 1982 or three. Um, oh. So um, yes, little I'd know that I'd be uh, working alongside him on the same <laughs> side uh, for for so many years later. Well, maybe there's a there's a chance for a staff staff team to for it to take two. Mr. Holland versus Mr. Fowler was on the floor. That probably killed both of us. But, <laughs> um, but you still, I mean, at the moment, you, you well, you've you've done lots of um, helping with the facilitating of the races on Sports Day and also the inter-school races at Bryanson. Like you're always in the tot, uh, tossing up the scores in the in the hut down on the sports pitch on the track, <laughs> and it must be quite a. Yeah, to, to toss off all the all the results and get all the times in under pressure. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly quite a pressure job actually. But uh, uh, to be honest, I'd far prefer to be actually watching the, the races. But uh, but no, it's it's been a, it's been a good thing to be involved in to do do the athletics uh, and some of the scoring and so on. Um, yes. <laughs> but I can see that um, 
doing your your sport throughout uni and then also doing it now it's a nice sort of progression um, to keep keep training and uh, have you ever are you going to still run up when you retire do you think yeah no, most definitely yes um, I think um, it's just something that uh, is so good for you isn't it and just good to clear the head um, and uh, I have to say I haven't run probably as much as I should have done over this last couple of years um, partly because of the, the whole lockdown um, process but um, uh, but retirement um, does give an opportunity to rekindle some of that uh, that activity um, and uh, yes yeah, so certainly I'm looking forward to some, some active running and walking um, and uh, as I've mentioned quite a lot of horn playing but we'll, we'll see <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and we're nearly coming to the end of this eight minute track but, but so tell us about your next track um, which is that you told us you said earlier that you you played in a in you played this track in your last job is that right well, there was a sort of connection here because, um, as I said, I, I, I moved to King's Canterbury, mm-hmm. um, which is in the centre of Canterbury, as you might imagine, and uh, right under the, um, the cathedral, which is the most beautiful setting. In fact, my classroom looked out onto the cathedral. Um, so um, one of the great memories I have of King's was um, the, the many concerts that we did actually in the cathedral, which is a fantastic space. And... Uh, Verdi Requiem was a particular highlight. Um, it is a dramatic work. Um, um, and if you could just sort of bear with it, um, if you listen to it, it's got so much exuberance and energy and uh, you can hear all the different um, instruments almost sort of like falling over themselves to compete with each <laughs> other to to, uh, to express sort of, in this case, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a religious work, so it's, it's praise of God. But it's a, um, it is an extraordinary um, um, piece of sort of... Um, of energy, I think, and, yeah. uh, and right at the end, you, you, if we listen to it long enough, you, you get some fantastic brass playing coming in. <laughs>
hope everyone witnessed the brass at the end of that piece. Yeah. And we've just we've actually just caught Mr. Holland out on a on a general knowledge question, which is under sort of posed him and sort of took him took him by surprise. We'd like yeah. to go on. Let's um, have it again. So it's what is special about the Ring of Bells um, in Salisbury Cathedral? And admittedly, it was a, a bit of a trick question. Um, it's the fact that it's only one of three cathedrals in the UK um, which doesn't have any bells, uh, being Salisbury, Norwich, and I'll let you pronounce the final one. Uh, Ely, I think you said. Ely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, that's a, a, a definite house challenge question which can be put into next year. I yeah. guess. But Mr. Holland has been known for it, Brineson, for his leading of the House Challenge, which is obviously a, a yearly huge event that which we all get ready for. Um, I wonder why, I wonder, is this a, do you have a certain sort of passion for um, general knowledge, Mr. Holland, or is this something that you're just very good at general knowledge, apart from the bell question, which would took everyone by surprise? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably not as good at general knowledge as you might expect, but um, uh, it's just something I've, I've, taken on here and, and absolutely love doing and uh, and those sort of weekly competitions between two or f- two or four houses has been just great fun to to do each year and um, there's been a bit of pressure in the the assembly I have to say um, when, uh, <laughs> when particularly if, if as sometimes happens uh, I get a question slightly wrong um, and uh, my colleagues will certainly let me know about it particularly if it's, a, it's usually a science question which I've, I've perhaps slightly um, misunderstood well it must be quite stressful having all the departments sort of listening in and you've got to sort of spread the questions and you've got all these specialists sort of listening but you you manage to keep everyone on their feet i think um it's a it's a real skill to have to find where do you find the questions from or how do you source them Oh, well, there is a, a wonderful lady who um, who actually, with her husband, writes a lot of the questions and produces them for exactly for schools, for the, the school's challenge, as she calls it. And uh, and so I do borrow her questions, I have to admit. Um, but, uh, but, they, but they cannot be uh, accessed uh, on the internet, so um, they're, oh. they're quite secure, which is quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, has there ever been any cheating in the house challenge? Well, um, I would certainly not uh, like to comment on that. Uh, there have been some quite close scores, and oh, really? uh, and usually at that point, um, it's it's me who gets it in the neck because um, perhaps I've asked a, a particularly difficult question at the wrong moment or, <laughs> or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all a bit of fun, really, isn't it? And it's um, it's a nice it's a nice thing to involve people who perhaps wouldn't do other um, house um, team events for their house. So, yeah. So mm. it's got got a got a good uh, good clientele there, I think. And your next track is actually um, more of a personal track because it's your son's band who was at Bryanston. And we were oh, saying yes. it was back in the golden band years when, I mean, this is actually, an, it's got a hard copy album. So if anyone's listening to this and they want to have a free copy of the album or they want to buy it off Mr. Holland, he's got a stash in his loft, which he'll <laughs> um, he'll be selling at the end of the programme. Um, but tell, tell us more about the sort, the sort of how this came about, this album. Well, I mean, this this is um, from 2012, actually, um, and uh, um, I was. I mean, one wonderful thing about being a teacher here is that um, if your children are the right age and um, and so on, um, they can come through the school. So, so my children did come through the school and um, and hugely benefited from that. Um, and um, they're all musical. They are all musical. Um, and uh, I had to be a bit careful because I'm playing. Uh, Rick on uh, my middle son's, um, or sorry, my my elder son's um, band here. But uh, but Katie, my eldest, um, 
was a, and is a, a, a great musician um, and uh, played the clarinet and violin here. Um, and uh, Rick was the drummer for this band. Um, and my youngest, Rob, um, is a bass player and, in fact, is... Um, is a sessions bass player in Liverpool as we speak. Um, so, um, but anyway, um, while they were here, they did lots of music, and um, Rick um, and Rob really benefited from the wonderful Baker Brothers. Um, Richard Baker used to run bands and teach drums here for a long time. Um, Dan Baker, some of you will know, um, is a wonderful local musician and uh, talked to Robbie Bass and started him off there and really really sort of gave him a, a passion for that which is um, a, a real gift um, but going back to uh, the band in 2012 um, it was a particularly um, good time for bands I think at Bryanson there were there were several who, who were very successful and and, um, and sounded really rather professional um, and um, this band, which they called Evolver, um, was um, uh, a finalist in the Dorset Music Awards, and, and yeah, um, which for me was was uh, quite extraordinary because I was sort of going as a roadie down to places in Bournemouth, um, slightly dubious um, uh, venues, and uh, and uh, supporting them, and uh, eventually they got through to the final of, of this uh, this uh, music competition. Um, and uh, perhaps off the back of that, they then produced this EP with four tracks on it. And uh, um, I should just credit them, actually, of course, shouldn't I? Uh, these are all OBs, of course. So um, we have um, Rollo Wood on the bass, and we have um, Ed Graves on guitar, and uh, Jordan Lees, who is the keyboard and vocalist, and um, my son Rick uh, on the drums. God, I'm looking at the album cover now. It's quite professionally done. It's got a real... Yeah, I mean, did they produce this when they were at the school? Uh, yes, yeah, they did. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was quite a project. And, uh, and Evolver, what did the, where did the, the name come from? Well, I mean, there is a bit of a story behind that because they were, they, they were told they had to have a name for their band for this competition and uh, they just happened to see, and you might see them in Main Hall, there's a magazine called Evolver, um, which is a, a local arts and music <laughs> magazine. Um, and actually that is where they, they uh, nicked the name from. But, uh, but that's a state mm. secret. I shouldn't really have told you that. So oh. you're, you're a proud dad, Mr. Holland, for... I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I just can't wait to listen to this. Yeah, I so. can't wait. Let's, let's have a I just want to hop straight into this. <laughs> Feel free, open your eyes, believe me. Nobody about me You're still in the dark Or in silence 
we were just saying that we wonder when these guys are going to come back for a reunion tour at Brian's because did they have a sort of band breakup or how did they sort of oh well no not a breakup at all they they had a, a wonderful time together um, but I think naturally when they left um, um, in fact Ed I think went to study uh, music in America and uh, I think that was possibly why they couldn't carry on playing very easily um, yeah um, but um, I know that um, Ed's carried on playing and um, and I think Jordan as well is, is, um, is, is doing a lot of music and uh, Rick himself though he has a day job um, he does also have a band which he started in Bristol um, oh. which um, is uh, playing quite a lot these days um, mm. uh, just a bit of a plug here it's T-U-N-G-Z Tongues Oh, okay, but, uh, but you could you could have a listen to that at some point. Yeah, we'll get them on radio. <laughs> yeah, maybe a time for a little interview on yeah, here. Yeah, Ob <laughs> Ob special. We should get. A... Yeah. Well, that's really that's great that you that this is great inspiration for fellow Bryanston band people who are wanting to pursue their. Because I mean, creating an album, there's nothing more sort of material about that that you can actually have something tangible that you've created that you've put together which is really respectable um yeah yeah good for them we'll, we'll we'll let everyone listen to the last part of the song So tell us, Ms. Holland, you've stayed, uh, at, you've been at Brian's for a while, but you're also at um, Canterbury for a while. And I think, you do you like this progression of a, a long chunk of, it's a long chunk of time you're staying in a place for a long time, chunk of time? Well, it is really, isn't it? And um, it's um, perhaps one way of doing a, a career, in inverted commas, uh, rather than sort of going to lots of different schools and perhaps taking different jobs and different um, different sort of challenges in each school. <clears throat> um, it's, I've, I've just happened to have, Spent 15 years at King's. Um, I was loving what I was doing. I was a, quite a young man then, if you can appreciate that. Um, and so I did lots of lots of running and athletics. And um, I, in fact, I ran the cross country and the athletics for for um, quite a lot of my time there. But I kept quite quiet about that when I came here. <laughs> um, and uh, then um, then coming here was actually a wonderful slight change of direction in that I became um, head of department here, and, and that was a a fantastic new departure for me and uh, and uh, I have to say that the the group of talented and uh, committed and wonderful people that I've worked with here has just been a pure joy really um, and I um, looking back I'm just so thankful for for colleagues here who've been such fun to work with um, and the famous Greek trip which you've been going on for how many how many Greek trips have you done well I was counting them up I think about nine here and uh, Two or three at uh, Kings before that. So is this something that you initiated here at the beginning? Well, I think there were Greek trips with my predecessor, actually. Um, perhaps what we did um, was do them every two years, pretty much, um, when we could. Um, so a, a sort of uh, biennial, which just meant that um, every sixth form classes had a chance to go on one, was the idea. Um, and that's that's been something we've, we've managed to keep going until COVID, really. Um, so... It was just such a joy that we could go this this very March, um, just as the COVID restrictions were beginning to lift, and um, it was fairly nerve wracking preparing for it. Um, mm -hmm. I had a feeling we were going to 
go down with some of us would go down with COVID out there and then what on earth mm. would we how would we cope with that but um as it happened um we had a trouble-free time and a most wonderful final uh, Greece trip for me I have to say um this March and so coming to the end of your Bryanston career are you sort of nervous about leaving or perhaps are you kind of relieved in a way that you've I mean, retirement is such an awful word, I think, because it's so sort of, you know, you're not really retiring, you're just sort of moving on. Well, thank you. That's a really nice way of putting it. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't sound nice as if you're retiring back into the, the, the shadows somewhere. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. It, it, it has very mixed emotions um, for, for for someone retiring, I, I believe. And for myself, I, I'll be very sad to leave this wonderful place um though of course one always is a part of it but but um when you're no longer teaching here you will soon be um very much sort of on the the periphery of course and not known by so many people um but just being part of a community like this is is very special um if you think of um all the um the people you're working with day in day out and so many wonderful people one's rubbing shoulders with and um um, getting help from and um, and you get a sense of it being a, a very um, a very special and um, supportive place actually. Mm. Um, when I think of all the many people who've who've helped me personally over the years, <clears throat> and um, yes, yeah, so of course leaving that is very hard, um, and yet um, yes, looking ahead um, there are lots of exciting things as well. So I'm. Mm. No, I can sympathise with you because also as a as a oh, as a Brian's as a leaver myself, it's so weird uh, to leave it behind and to, as you say, to have so many people, amazing people around you, to suddenly step back and you, you suddenly feel yeah. But I guess it's all we're always here. Everyone's always here. Um, but we're yeah moving on. But you so you'll be playing your French horn. You'll be on a desert island because um, we're going to cast you away in a minute. And uh, w- would a would a what would your luxury item be? I think you mentioned it would be a French horn, but w- well, it, it has. After opening, I said it has to be a French it horn. Has really, to be a French it? horn, um, yeah. Apart from anything, it would be quite a good foghorn if um, if I need to attract yeah, a passing <laughs> ship. But um, but yes. Just imagine that uh, twenty-four hours practicing, one would soon get really quite good. Um, mm. Is my hope. yeah. W- would you ever get bored of it? Um, possibly, possibly. <laughs> which is why I'd hopefully have a book as well. So yeah, moving on, what book would you bring? Well, I was I was thinking about um, Dot Fernley's choice actually when she went for um, Homer in uh, well the Iliad in Greek. Um, um, I would go actually for. Um, Really, my favourite um, Greek author, um, I think, when when you, if you push me, um, Sophocles. Um, he wrote seven tragedies that we still have, and um, I've probably taught four or five of them here at Bryanston, which or, or at Kings, which is um, which is a great a great privilege. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'd love to have, if I may, a mm. um, a Greek text of the seven Sophocles plays that still exist. Mm. Um, one of which, by the way, is about a man who's. Um, Abandoned on a, a desert island. Uh, wow! And, uh, what was the outcome? Ironic. What was the outcome yeah. well, of that story? Um, even though it's a tragedy, actually, um, he does he does in the end uh, end happily and, and get rescued. Oh, that's so. A... Uh, there's perhaps a bit of hope reading that one. That's yeah. Philoctetes. Oh, <laughs> and so your last track is "Here Comes the Sun." It's a very uplifting uh, Beatles track. Why, why did you choose this one? Well, I, this one I always associated with the Greece trips, really, because. Um, it's often at that time of year when it's spring arriving, um, uh, you, you're sort of leaving the winter behind, which is what this song's about. <clears throat> and um, 
And there's a lovely line in it, if you listen out, um, about um, smiling faces. And um, uh, one thing you see when you see the photographs from the Greece trip is there's a lot of smiling. Uh, and, uh, and there's just a lot of fun being had. So um, uh, this always makes you think of the Greece trip. And I will always remember that whenever I hear it, I suspect. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, um, well, it's been, it's been great. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to, I think, oh, should we, we've got one more track to play out on the... Uh, Chariots of Fire, which we haven't, we'll, we'll be on the queue. We'll, we'll put it on straight after. Yeah, that's sure. uh, we're going to give Mr. Holland six tracks because he asked for extra scandalous. Um, but um, <laughs> but so we'll we'll listen to this one and then we'll come back. Sure. and we've loved hearing about all your stories and all your um, passions and how your love of the French horn has developed over time and we wish you all the best to pursue it when you leave 
and Thank we can't so wait much. to hear I can't wait to hear the album coming out the <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna beat your son on producing another album well, I, I don't think. know about that I'm not sure he'd let me on one of his either <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they'd, they'd love a French horn to accompany yeah, these kind of, of tracks yeah, it's all it's all in now having a bit of sort of brass and a pop song yeah well we'll see <clears throat> yeah watch this space <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much and if you could choose one of your tracks which one would you take with you oh um i'm not sure about that i would probably probably take uh, here comes the sun simply because mm. it it would it would fit it would fit yeah. with your tragedy you'd have to keep some sort of positive spin on things yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well it's been great um to chat to you miss this evening we're going to play out with um uh, Chariots of Fire because I know this has a special sort of sort of memory oh, attached you. to it from your days running around the Iffy Road track um, and it's a lovely little anthem we'll play it out but have a lovely evening everybody and yeah and wish Mr Holland all the best when you see him for his um, retirement but not retirement we're going to call it moving on time yeah <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> the, the reduced work hours <laughs> indeed yeah thank you the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.